0: Yes, people, it's episode 147 of Griff's Brain Dump. It's me, Griff. Obviously, it's Saturday afternoon. It's 25 minutes past one. And uh, I'm just chilling. Chilling in my living room. I should t- tidy up. We may have guests coming around later. So I will do that. I need to have a shower first. Just come up from the barber's. New haircut. And uh, do what? Does anyone else struggle to stay awake in the barber's? I struggle every time. It's like it's hot. That humming of the shears. It makes me want to fall asleep. There's literally no time of the day I can go to the barber's and not feel tired. Go first in the morning, go feel tired. After work, going to feel tired. Midday, still feel tired. It's nuts. And uh, almost fell asleep and almost took my moustache off. (laughs) The guy... Guys, guy shaved my moustache. My eyes closed. My head dropped one way. He went, hey. (laughs) And I was like, oh, shit. Looked in the mirror. I was like, oh, no, my moustache is still there. Woo. That was close. That was close. Because that would have been 100% my fault. But I would have wanted to, uh, to blame him. I'd want to blame him. Hey, check deposit. Uh... Cheers, no message to wife. Cheers for depositing my check. Depositing the check. All right there you go. Kiss. Yeah man, but um other than almost ruining my facial hair, my whole look. Because not that not that like my face is any kind of brand. Um what's going on in the week? What's been happening? I've actually made notes of things that uh, piqued my piqued my attention this week. But what's happened with me personally so far this week? Um, gigged three times. Tuesday with Bash at the Magaro. And then that was good. Tried out some new stuff. I, think it was, I was on stage for about 10, 11 minutes and I told one joke. The rest I was just chatting away. Nonsense. And just picking funny lines out of little shit wherever I could. It was fun. Um, Thursday, gigged in Hammersmith and then headed down to Philio's. Uh, Filio Huff's, uh, well, I guess it was a work in progress. Show he was doing, but it's packed and it was good, it was fun. Really fun. I it pissed me off though. Uh, on my way to the first gig, had my headphones in and this guy was reacting to me like I was the smelly guy on the train. Then when someone like, breathes in and makes a face at you, like, oh. And I heard him mutter, because I had my headphones in, but I wasn't listening to anything. He said, oh, God, like, bro, you smell. And I was like, what? I'm the smelly guy. And I got self-conscious. And I thought, no, wait. You're sat next to a guy who's about 400 years old. And I'm the one who's the smelly one. You think the smell's coming from me? He said, bloody ain't. I had to still smell myself. I was like, no, it isn't me. I knew I didn't smell. But I was, I was worried. For a little bit, I can't be the smelly guy on the train. People moving away from me because I smell so much. I was like, "What the fuck? What's going on?" Well, I don't know. I don't know. But um, but other than that, that's that's what I've been doing this week: just gigging and then working, obviously. But what else is going on this week? Uh, Labour talk about free broadband for everyone. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's weird. I thought as a headline. Policy because that's what happens with a lot of these uh, lot of the elections. No one reads the details, just with a headline policy. I thought that's a very good headline. Good headline policy. Because if you say we're going to lower immigration, there's some people like, Yeah, we don't want any immigrants. There's other people going, Oh, hey, I'm an immigrant, there's nothing wrong with us, it's divisive. But when you say to people, Free broadband, you would think everyone would be like, Yeah, all right. But a lot of people I've spoken to is like, why the fuck should I pay for someone's broadband if they can't afford their own broadband? It's like, oh, wow, all right, I didn't know. I didn't know, it's not a necessity. I was like, I kind of definitely need the internet. The internet has stopped being a luxury for me. It's definitely 100% necessity. I'm gonna tell you how much so. See how angry you get when you don't have any reception or 3G or 4G. I mean, first of all, just for a minute, you on a train, come through a tunnel. Yeah, you can accept that you can't have any four G in the tunnel, but now you're out the tunnel. It's taking you find about thirty seconds to you know find the signal there, but it feels like a fucking year. You're there to bash your screen, refresh, refresh, refresh. Oh my god, she's also got a third world country. Where the fuck's my internet? And you're trying to make out these are the same people that I'll try to make out that the internet isn't something that's needed in life. They're ready to bloody massacre everyone on a train carriage because they can't connect to their bloody 4G. I'm telling you, I think the internet is something that everyone should have access to. I guess the only issue is, is if the government provide the internet, they only have one provider. So if it's crap, it's crap. And you just have to deal with it. I don't think that's good. So maybe there could be some kind of na- like national level internet where well, you get that for free, but it's... Is not necessarily the best. It's not the worst. And then if you want better internet, you can pay for that. How about that? There you go. Sorted. Um, But, you know, talking about government stuff. Uh, th- did you know that there is a position in the government called the Chief Mouser to the Cabinet Office? Did you not know that? There's, there's only a certain amount of people who are... Are uh, residents of number 10 down the street, and that is the, the well, the you know, number 10 down the street isn't actually the residence of the prime minister, it's actually the reg it's the residence of the first lord of the treasury who is also the prime minister. There you go, didn't know, didn't know, but yeah, that's who lives at number 10, but also the chief mouser to the cabinet office, and that is a cat. Yeah, that's right. A cat holds a position in government. Uh, this role was formally created in 2011, but it's always been there informally. But it's formally done. Um, it's currently held by Larry since 2011. He is the chief mouser. That's right. He's there in down the street to catch mice. Official government position. We don't want to pay for poor people's broadband, but we've got to pay for a cat. I mean, I don't know. It's ridiculous. Hey, right. That's the world we live in. I wait for these manifestos to come out, man. I want to read them. I want to see what people are saying. And then I'll just vote for how I feel anyway. <laughs> oh, dear. But um, what else are we going on to government? Government agency, Her Majesty's. Revenue and Customs versus Rangers. If you don't know about this, don't care about football. Here's what happened a few years ago, about 2011, no, 2012. Rangers Football Club, the most successful football team in the world. They've got the most trophies out of every football club in the world because there's only two teams in Scotland. And they've won over half of the trophies. The other team, Celtic. And uh, they went to administration. And then the company that ran the club... Obviously, so went to administration, they went to liquidation. Then the club, the club got reinstated into the Scottish League at the bottom division. So, from the top division, dropped down four, three to four divisions and at the bottom division. Now, they're back in the Premier League now. They've got back to back promotions, I think, barring one year, and they're back. Now, here's the thing uh, HMRC had a massive claim at the time of £50 million. Pounds. 50 million pounds they said they were owed 50 million pounds by rangers football club only to now say eight years later uh you know what we we may have been wrong there we don't think owed that much now what that has caused is the former owners of rangers to say uh you know what you didn't have that massive fuck off claim over our club someone might have actually bought us someone might have actually bought us as a club and we probably would have been able to survive so I think Rangers may want to try and sue HMRC. <laughs> and that is going to be wild if that happens. I'm going to follow that keenly. Very keenly. But be interesting to see, man. We'll just see how that goes. But I like football, I like finance. I was actually close. I worked for the company that did the administration of Rangers Football Club. I was at the company at the time. I did actually work on the case though, so don't ask me for any inside information, even though I may know it. Not gonna say it. Um, but yeah, flipping nuts, flipping nuts. Um, what else? What's happened this week? What's been going on this week? Um, oh, I'll tell you what, I watched this. Um, I watched this video of uh, this police officer? Yeah, it's going to be some fucked up shit, police and black people. But this is next level. I think even your most ardent racist is going to be like, okay, that's probably too far. Um, This police officer was pinning down a 15-year-old black boy with no arms and no legs. That's right. He's double the guy's size purely by having limbs. But then also weight-wise, he's... He's much bigger than the guy. 15 year old and he's pinning him down to the floor. Laying on top of him. Kid's topless. And someone in the article goes, he's topless. Says he clearly wasn't concealing the gun. Um, even if he was concealing the gun, he's got no arms and legs. How does he fire the gun? He's really not a threat. Like it's just nuts. Absolutely nuts. Um, and it was filmed. So I guess this guy'll be under investigation. Probably get some paid paid suspension. Something pathetic like that. I mean? Something dumb, something crap like that he's gonna end up getting. But uh yeah. Like I said, this um just to let us just remind us that police haven't stopped doing mad things to uh to black people in America. Just a quick reminder. But I think like I said, even the most ardent racist. Would be like Okay but he got no legs So maybe 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 that was a bit harsh But you never know what these blacks Gonna do (laughs) Can't trust them Got no legs Got no arms but still can't trust them Still gonna steal some shit (laughs) It's nuts It's it's, it's so crazy it's not funny But I'm talking about police stuff Netflix has a show Called Ameri- a film called American Son with Kerry Washington and some white dudes. I don't know. Uh, I know Kerry Washington. That's the only actress I know in the in the in the film. But it's about um, a couple whose son has um, been involved in a police stop. Don't worry, this isn't a spoiler, people. So don't worry. Don't I mean don't freak out. going really say things. Just like I'm not. Chill out. I'll give you the synopsis that would be like on the front of the Netflix thing before you clicked on it. Yeah, so their son's been uh, in a police stop and the mum is in the police station and she's waiting to find information out and she's basically having to interact with this one police officer and her husband. Now here's the, amaz- the amazing thing about this film, right? One, I hated every character. But with a real passion. So, but I also understood every character as well, empathized with them, and hated them. I said I liked one character. That's it. But also, it was for for you film buffs out there, watch it because it's one of those films where it's set in one room. There is set one room, and there's about there's about five cutaway scenes. That happen. Which are like, you know, flashbacks. And yeah. And they're based in two different places as well. But it's like, to cut down on the budget, hey. Film it all in one place. And that's what they did. And do what? Great cinematography. Great cinematography. Um, Now. What was the time on the podcast? What was the time? i 14 minutes in. So I am going to talk about the film. Uh for uh, let's get to a seventeen minute mark and then if I'm still talking about it then I'll say. Alright, so fast forward to 17 minutes if you don't hear about American Sun. I'm starting. Now so what thing I love about the film um that's said, all the characters very engaging and you know, just you. You, I understood each one. I Understood. K Washington, she's married to a white guy. He's the type of white guy who's just like, you know, you follow the law, you do things correctly, everything's fine. And he's an FBI agent himself, so, um, you know, he 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 is a cop. He's a part of that. He's part of that world. His whole family served in the force, so he's that guy. K Washington, black lady, who's kind of right on, you know. She's all got kind of Black Lives Matter right on. And I don't think being in an interracial relationship means you can't be that. I'm not saying that. She's all right on and stuff. But she also falls foul of respectability politics. She thinks because her son went to a nice school and he's a nice boy. She hasn't really... From When you watch the film, it seems like she hasn't really equipped her son with how to uh, navigate the world as a black man. Just, you know, she's seen it happen, but she did And I think... You see that her guilt about that unravels throughout the film. And remember, this film is just set in one room. It is nuts how they managed to... come. You manage to understand uh, their marriage. You understand how it broke apart. You understand how she's a mother to the son. You understand how he's a father to the son. Um, their attitudes towards the police. Their attitudes towards race. Their attitudes towards each other. They manage to do all of this just in these seeds, just in the room. It's... It could, I can, and I've worked out why it's like that because it was obviously a play. It's obviously been a play, and that's why it's. I think it's been adapted from a play to a film, and that's why they managed. That's why they managed to do do the scenes and have it driven by acting. It's driven purely by the acting. There's no need for special effects. No need for um, other scenes. It, it's just wicked. It's just wicked how to do it. And then when the black police officer comes in. And uh, he, who's the senior police officer they've been waiting for. Oh, tells him about stuff. Tells him about me. I've got to answer the phone here. Wait a minute. So, but, um, can't, can't was saying there. Wife called me, um, <laughs> talking about Jackie Potatoes. Anyway, so, um, we're almost at the 17-minute mark. So the film's good. You should go check it out. Um, it's just really good really good acting i hey, are still talking about the film if you fast forwarded to this point so I'm going to talk back for one more minute then come back at 10 seconds past 18 minutes eighteen ten. go right so yeah so Kerry Wash's so character I've empathised for her because she's a black woman and she's upset but then she's also a bit too over the top as the, like the character is over the top but then there's nuances where you're like, she's loud. She is being a bit much. And then it's like, actually, oh, she wasn't being aggressive then. So you can see how she gets caught the angry black woman thing. And the husband, Scott. Yeah, Like I said, you understand him. But you're also just like, mate. He's like the the embodiment of white privilege. And then the police officer. It's just that gradual thing of, yeah, it's what he saying is fair. No, oh, no, he's an arsehole. He's an arsehole. But then when that black police officer comes, he summarizes what I think about Kerry Washington's character like that. I'm like, you, sir, are a G. You're an absolute G. So, good film. Go watch it. American Sun. Go watch American Sun. All right. So, if you fast forward to this point, here you go. We finished talking about that. No spoilers. It's nice. Nicely done. Right. So, um, what else has been going on in the week? Um, what else I see? What else nothing else caught my attention in the news. Um, I had a few thoughts in my head. Uh, one, who is who was the second person to take crack? I don't have wondered who was the second person to take crack. I can understand the first person to take crack because they don't know what it does, but the second person to take crack guess there might have been a delay in taking a crack and seeing what it does because i don't know anyone who's sober and sees a crackhead and goes what's he had? i want some of that i like how he walks around like he shat himself i want some of that give me some of that i don't oh. know just minute. is it just me is it just me to think you know <laughs> Being a crackhead isn't entirely appealing. just maybe. Um, second thought Let's discuss with uh, one of my workmates about about movies and talk about why... have you noticed? women, I told this stroke on Thursday, so I need to flesh out the ideal. In films, it's always the women who fall in love with absolute monsters. I'm not talking about your serial killers and your murderer monsters. I'm talking about your actual monsters. Yeah? Like, let's talk about your most recent films. Shape of Water. Oscar nominated this woman has fallen in love with this bloody amphibious creature. Creature! Not amphibious man, amphibious creature she's fallen in love with. Yeah, like that, that. That's what they. It's nuts. Okay, let's go through much older films. King Kong. Woman has fallen in love with a gorilla, a full fucking gorilla. Not as not feel simply for fully falling in love with. Um, again, there's this thing called something else. Um, Shrek, more recent Shrek. Yeah, I know she was an ogre as well, but she wasn't actually an ogre. She's an actual princess, but she fell in love with a full blown ogre. She banged an ogre and had sex with an ogre. Let's, let's, let's actually take that in, in Shrek. She's trans ogre, born a human, you know, transitioned into an ogre. Um, She wasn't born an ogre trapped in a human's body, no. So you've lived your whole life as a human thinking about getting married to a prince and, this, and instead you get rid a bloody swamp monster. My friend sent me about this film about a literal swamp monster this woman fell in love with. Beauty and the Beast. What is beast? Let's actually Google what animal is beast. What animal... What animal... Is beast because again from Beauty and the Beast, yeah, what? Well, it's a chimera. Beast is not any one specific um, species of animal, but a chimera, a mix of several. Oh, is that what chimera means? I didn't know. He has the head, the structure and the horns of a buffalo, the arms, and body of a bear, the eyebrows of a gorilla, the jaws, teeth and mane of a lion and tusks of a wild boar and the legs and tail of a wolf. And she banged him. (laughs) I mean, just like, you know, you see what I'm saying? What's up with that? Now, what, what is up with that? Um, my friend suggested that he read some, he watched like a YouTube video, read something that said that, oh, it's meant to be a representation of women's attitudes towards sex. Now, they see sex as something monstrous, but should they find love, then it's something that they can actually overcome and do. Um, which is like, all right, cool. I mean, that, I guess that could work. But I think what it does, it tells women, settle. Just settle. Look, I know he's got a head of a fucking wildebeest. Yeah, he's got a head of a buffalo and he's got the legs of a wolf. Yeah. And he's got, he's got the maiden teeth, jaws of a lion. And he's got the eyebrows of a gorilla and the arms and body of a bear. And he's got a terrible temper as well. But he's got a lovely house. He's got a lovely house. So I mean just just go for it, Bell. Just go for it. Gaston's a prick. He never treated you nicely. Just go for it, Bell. I know he gets a bit aggressive and he tears up the bloody curtains with his claws, but just, just go with it, Bell. Nuts. Mind you, the film was the other way around. Any of those films. Beauty and the Beast. Dude has to fall in love with a woman that looks like that he would be like, no, no. But you can't leave this house until you fall in love with her. No. And you know that scene where he like puts on the suit and puts like a bow in his hair. She's done that, put a bit of makeup on her furry face and he's meant to fall in love with that. Do you know how much wine he'd have to neck before he'd bang? He probably would bang. Wake up next morning, the wine's worn off. Still looks like a beast, because that's how alcohol works. That's... Doesn't actually change reality. <laughs> it does. Just... You're still with a beast. I don't know. so I thought about it. Uh, think... If you even think of films where men are falling in love with actual beasts, then please let me know. Um, I'm thinking films men are falling in love with human-like creatures in films, usually inanimate objects though, innit? They'll fall in love with a robot. Not inanimate, uh, what's the word? Yeah, it's kind of mechanical things. Him or her, her is like a little Siri box. Ex Machina is a robot. So, but the robot has to look like a human to trick the guy, so. It's nuts, it's nuts, it's nuts. Anyway, let's get some Deirdre on and I'll get this lunch on. Let's go. Um. Right, here we go. Deirdre, dear Let's go. Deirdre. Dear I was sent home from work early and ended up having sex with my sister-in-law and her pal. Oh, what a night. Dum, dum, dum. Late September back in 63. Oh remember. <laughs> oh, what a night. <laughs> wow. Let's see how this went. Okay. When a fire at work it meant I was set home earlier. I ended the day having sex with my sister-in-law and a friend. It was a hot night. I bet it was. Uh, do you know what? Without reading this, mate, you're wrong, but... We all understand how this (laughs) happened. This is unbelievable behaviour, unbelievable scenes. Well, you're wrong, you're still wrong. Even if we understand, you're still wrong. This is one of those ones where he's gonna try and tell the story down at the pub to his mates, uh, as if to say he feels bad, but he's going to have a smile on his face as he tells the story, It's, it's one of those. Um, I'm 42 and don't often work nights. My wife is 38 and a nurse. Now and then our shifts clash. and That is when my sister-in-law will step in to help out with the kids. She's 44 and hasn't got children of her own. Her husband is a big earner, so she is a lady of leisure. That's very lucky for us as she lives around the corner and is always happy to lend us a hand uh, when we're up against it. We have three lively children two sons and a daughter who all love their aunts. I got home at 10pm that Saturday. My wife was at work and my sister-in-law was in charge with a pal keeping her company. Her friend is a real live wire, about the same age and has been around our house quite a few times. I told them I could take over but they had opened a bottle of wine and looked settled in for the night. The children were all in bed so I decided to have a drink too. I went to the kitchen to get some cold beers. When I was back in the lounge, the two women were giggly and getting quite flirty with me i told them how grateful i was for their help as daft as it sounds we all had a group hug uh, i was there on the sofa with two sexy women one on each side it got very friendly and steamy and we then had a threesome right there in the lounge it was well, wait, wait, wait. Well, 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 you've skipped over some details here i mean the group hug is a group hug i've had a group hug before did it end in a threesome um, didn't end in a four, Didn't end in any kind of sex. It was just a group hug. Um, I think I probably had a one-on-one hug with a lady that's ended in a kiss, but never full-blown sex from a hug. So to have a threesome from a hug, oh, you must have a powerful hug, my friend. <laughs> um, it got very friendly and steamy. Must be like a stray leg rub that started. I don't know. It was mind-blowing. I hadn't realised my sister-in-law was in a relationship with her friend. Oh, she got in touch the next day saying they'd had a great time and suggested we do it again. We have, several times. My wife is not suspicious, but I feel guilty and want to end this outrageous affair. That is exactly what this is. This is outrageous. Um, you're literally in an affair with two women. That's That's crazy. Uh, The friend suggested a threesome with me and my wife, Jesus, which is a real turn on to think about, but not practical. How do I sort this out? Yeah, so wait, the friend suggests that, so the friend is gonna cheat on your sister-in-law, who's cheating on her husband with you and your wife. Uh, When I say S, you say T, D. Um, Look, it's a bit crazy. Mate, you've had your fantasy. You've had your laugh. Um, there's, if you want your marriage to last, then you really cannot tell your wife that that's happened. And you've got to somehow be sure that your sister-in-law's not going to say anything. But I tell you what, that is a massive landmine to have just there in the family. Any moment you piss her off and she's like... Well, Gary, you wasn't that rude when me and my friend were sucking you off on the sofa, and (laughs) you just choked on the potato. Everyone's looking. He's like, what? What did she just say? Sister's like, what did you just say, Helen? I should have told you. Should have told you, Beth. But your husband's not a saint. He smashed me and my mate. On the sofa and on the coffee table. God, stop talking! Ah, oh. oh. <laughs> It's gonna be nuts. You, uh, you can't, you can't have that guy on. You, you can't. You. Ah, oh, there. So, guess what you gotta do, mate? Is stay. in, the, If you want your marriage to last, stay in the marriage. But you gotta build a contingency plan and an escape pack. Ready for when your wife finds out and stabs you in the dick? Cause <laughs> oh dear. All right, next one, dear Deirdre. Dear. All alone, new boyfriend doesn't care for my fr- for my kids, and I feel like a single mum. I've completely gone off my partner. He does nothing to help with our five-month-old baby or anything else for that matter. Um, I'm tempted to cheat. Wait, so then, my new New boyfriend doesn't care for my kids and I feel like a single mum. Which we are saying, but you just our five-month baby. So is it your kid or your kid together? I don't get it. And why is that a reason to cheat? I don't get that. But there's never a reason to cheat. But, you know, I could kind of get it when someone feels like to look outside their relationship for attention. Um, if it's like they don't, find them sexually attractive and then you end up having an itch that needs to be scratched but when it's just like you don't help with the kids so i'm gonna cheat he's like i get it if you cheated with like a babysitter someone who actually helps with the kids but what's just some guy from work who doesn't even know what your kid fucking looks like he's the guy to cheat with it makes no sense we've been together for three years he's 31 i'm 29 i already have two boys ah they go with my ex and a new baby girl wasn't planned Ooh. Uh, my partner seemed happy to take on the role of a family man, but it now looks like he's gone off the idea. Yes, it seems fun. I, I've dated uh, women with kids before, and it's always been in my mind. If I'm gonna date you with kids, do I want to be a dad? Because that is what will eventually happen if we become serious. Uh, most times, i uh, not right now. <laughs> Uh, so yeah my my partner seemed happy to take on the role of a family man but now looks like um, he's gone off the idea he stays in bed half the day while i do the school run housework and everything else yeah he sounds shit i feel like a single mum with a lodger one who is not even pleasant or grateful he puts me down all the time and when i make myself pretty looks he says i look ugly and cheap wow not even no comment it's just an actual downer i want to leave but i can't because my boys and our new baby and uh, there is a man who i see down the pub who i've known for years he makes you laugh noise makes me feel good about myself okay now i can see it He said shit stuff about you i can see why you're tempted to cheat not that you should but i understand it now um, i know there won't be a relationship between us but the lust is taking over so badly he's all i can think about now yeah that's not going to fix your problem though so don't bang the pub guy think about it, you bang the pub guy and you get pregnant again. Oh no, four kids, three baby fathers, none of the dad's interested. What then? So yeah, just don't do it. Um, Okay, so this last one, because I've really got to do some shit around the house. Um, (laughs) On the sofa, girlfriend found my porn stash and sex toy, and now she kicked me out of bed. Well, are you a man with a sex toy? after four years of being alone i found my soulmate. then she discovered my old pawns my old stash of porn so i'm down on the sofa sleeping alone right why do you have a stash of porn it's 2019 get on the internet man oh uh, i was go it was going so well she's 33 i'm 35 we have the same interest and sense of humor do you have the same interest in porn clearly nuts um i was pinching myself thinking how lucky i'd got those porn mags were nothing weird or sinister, just sexy pics of beautiful girls. There was a male sex toy as well that I use now and then. What is a male sex toy? I don't know. I thought a male sex toy was your hand, your dominant hand. If you want to get kinky, use your weaker hand. All right. Uh, My girlfriend found a box in the garage and wanted to know why I used porn when I had a loving partner. Okay, one, the box is in the garage, okay? So he's not wanking over that. Two, he's probably still used the internet. Three, why would you compare yourself to porn? You Bloody idiot. So stupid. Why would you watch porn when you've got a loving partner? The same way people go out to eat when they've got an oven at home. So what are you talking about? Why, why, why did you buy that bottle of water? We have a tap at home. It's like, because what? what are you talking about? He's not, hey, you're not even that. Actually, that's more of an analogy for no, it's not. Actually, yeah, that works, it works fine as a metaphor. Stupid. Why are you competing? Why are you watching that film? Ah, oh, dear, I've not looked that porn since the day we met but now she won't talk to me or let me into a bed oh mate this is terrible you haven't even looked at it jeez um hey, here's the there's nothing wrong looking at porn even if you are in a relationship the only issue is this one if you're looking at the same porn star all the time you end up in some weird mental relationship with that person two you go down the rabbit hole of porn that's right if you start watching the wildest porns in the world you start watching crazy crazy porn where it gets wild and where you're actually having normal human sex with your partner but it's just not getting you off because no one's putting a stiletto in your ear you know what i mean shoving a banana in your butt you know i mean no one's dressed like a unicorn you've gone too far down you need to dial it back and come back into the real world of sex okay um And if you're choosing to watch porn instead of having sex. That that's it's those kind of things where it's an issue, but if you could just, you know. We had sex for a few days. We've had sex now. I've gone away to work, away for a few days, I'm in my hotel, I'm gonna watch some porn. Why not? Why why not? It's no harm. It's no harm. But yeah. That's my advice is um, you tell her, shut your beautiful face. I love you, but I like wanking over porn. And anyway, I haven't done it for ages. Leave me alone. That's what you say to her. And buy her some flowers. And then if that doesn't work, you become really petty. and You pick something else that she really likes doing. And I go, well, why do you do that? And then make her quit something that she really loves. And then she can become resentful and hate you. And then your relationship descends into a madness anyway that is the end of the pod um join me next week where it will be much of the same thing i'll be talking about stuff that's happening in the week but that's grish brain dump episode 147 peace